How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. You only want what's best for your baby. And so does BJ's. BJ's offers a variety of baby products that will take you from playtime to bath time to bedtime and beyond. Shop now through September 24th at BJ's for $3 off Johnson's, Aveeno, or Desitin baby products. Only the best will do when it comes to caring for your little ones and for parents, too. Give your baby that special care and save big at BJ's. Welcome to The Approach Shot. The golf show that's more laughs than links, more stories than strokes, more guffaws than golfers. Here are the hosts of The Approach Shot, John Ashton and Neil Michaels. So, John, you and I have played with lots of different kinds of golfers. We've played with the aggressive type. We've played with the intense type. We've played uh, often with people who have had too much to drink to be able to reveal any kind of personality. <laughs> Our guest is going to be able to help you and I sort through those personality types because today we have on a personality expert. His name is Merrick Rosenberg. He's written a book called The Chameleon and Mm -hmm. Taking Flight. And the one that has everybody talking is his 2020 book, Personality Wins, Who Will Take the White House and How We Know. And I will tell you that Merrick and I spoke a little while ago, and he revealed to me who his 2020 presidential choice was. And I will tell you who he told me it was Mm -hmm. later in the show. Okay. But for now, let's welcome (laughs) Merrick Rosenberg. How are you today? I'm doing great. So you can help us figure out the personalities of these people that we play golf with and maybe how to take advantage of them? No, no, no. <laughs> hey, any, any little bit helps. I'm sure he can tell you which ones would let you take advantage and which ones would not. Before we begin, yeah. I just want to congratulate you, Merrick, on, on one thing on the, uh, on the promo, the animated one to the um, chameleon book, where, where you said it was for anybody with a personality or anyone who knows anybody with a personality. So, <laughs> Figured that, that should cover just yeah, about everybody. Now that we've eliminated <laughs> all of the total losers, let's continue. It was great. So uh, I can see, uh, we're on a Zoom call, obviously, and I can see over your shoulder an eagle, a parrot, an owl, and a dove. Is, is that a precursor to what we're going to talk about here? Absolutely. Those are the four main types. I mean, we're, we're all a combination of all of them, but, but there's probably one or two which are like home base for you. Uh, and you display <laughs> those behaviors a lot. I was wondering if there were combinations and hybrids because oh, yeah. I could Absolutely. see myself in, in a couple of the different ones. I'm not yeah, going to admit to which ones right now. I am thinking all of those combined probably made up most of John Denver's song titles. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the eagle floating over the, the mountains. and Absolutely. <laughs> well, I can walk you through. I can give you a little overview if you sure. like. We'll, yes. We'll dive in and great. see what they're all about. The eagles, picture that eagle. I mean, you can just, that confident, you can see that, that 10,000 foot perspective. Uh, they're assertive. They're direct. They're hard driving. Eagles want to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they're not winning, they're not 
not very happy. Uh, but but they're definitely that that more aggressive style. Uh, whereas you have the opposite of that, which is the dove, and the doves are just more soft-spoken, and they just want everyone to get along. They want everyone to be happy. Uh, they're compassionate. They're very helpful. They're very caring. And of course, the talkative parrot, uh, they're just very social and enthusiastic, and they've got energy and optimism. And no matter what goes wrong, they're like, eh, what can you do? It'll be better <laughs> next time. And, and then, of course, the owl, logical, analytical, they're those perfectionists. If they're going to do something, they're going to do it right. So they have a, a system and a process, and they mm. ask tons of questions. And so, so those are the four. They're actually pretty easy to, uh, to get a handle on. Definitely. I have taken some of those sales tests. And they break down into like 157 different types of personalities and stuff. This seems so much easier to understand and much more cut and dried. Well, you know, for years I used letters. There's a lot of different systems out there. And I would go back even a few months later and people would be like, wait, which is this letter again? What does that mean? I'll go back two, three years later and people are like, I'm an eagle. (laughs) (laughs) I am the parrot. They just remember it because it's so visual. It's it's just very sticky. It's it's, uh, easy to apply and, and use. Yeah, extremely so. And when you're playing golf with someone who likes to come over after you've hit a terrible shot and tell you what you did wrong and how you can improve that, which that is, is that? So that's the <laughs> owl. The owl is the one who's who's dissecting what's happening around them. They're taking it all apart. If you just move your hand here, if you just twist your hips there, if you just position your foot just so, if you turn here just a little earlier, they're just all over the details. They're dissecting it. They're analyzing it. They do that to themselves and they mm-hmm. can get pretty critical of themselves and others, of course, too. Uh, but the, that is definitely the owl style. The problem is he, he may or may not be correct. <laughs> this is, I didn't say owls are right. I just said they are detail-oriented. <laughs> Which is more likely to take a golf club and wrap it around that guy's head. No. <laughs> well, you know it's not the dove. I mean, the dove no. was still bad for the golf club. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's clear, it is true. The eagles, I'll tell you this, eagles tend to be the quickest to anger. Mm-hmm. But they're also the fastest to let it go. Done. Next hole. They just let it go. They move yeah. on. Yeah. Doves, on the other hand, they're the slowest to anger. Like if you do something to a dove to offend them, mm-hmm. they hold on to it. They don't just have memories. They oh. have memory museums. Oh. They remember everything <laughs> that everyone has ever said to them through the course of their entire life. Yeah. So, so you're saying that most of the dove personalities hit the female side of the uh, human spectrum? You know, you'd think so. Actually, what's funny is that we have this stereotype that men are the eagle, women are the dove. I think that's a stereotype in, in our culture. And actually, there was a study done a few years ago, about 10 million people. There are just as many men who are eagles as women who are eagles, really? just as many men who are doves as women who are doves. From a style perspective, there's no difference. But what we allow or accept in a culture that's where that's where we, we may see some differences. Like if you were an eagle woman in the 1950s in the workplace, that may not have been as accepted as today. Right. Still some room to go there, but but it, it's been, it's obviously a lot better than the 1950s. So so on the golf course in the uh, the dove would be the oh I think it opens up over there, or the, the dove's the one is like that was a good shot. Yeah. You know they're yeah. they're 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 complimenting you. Uh, they're they're recognizing how well you're playing. They're the one who's who's telling you. But it's interesting because they may not compliment themselves. They may be more self-critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the ones who can get nervous. Oh, people are watching me. Oh mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Uh, and and those nerves can impact them. Right. Uh, they they like to be liked. They want people to appreciate them. And so so for the dove, they're those ones who are 
honoring what you have done. They're there just to enjoy the experience. It's not about winning. It's not about, about beating your opponent or even beating your, yourself. I mean, Eagles are competing against themselves, right. competing against their own score. Yeah. Doves are just there for the experience. Let's all be together. We'll have a good day. Is it possible for somebody with the Dove personality vis-a-vis the, the guy who gets nervous when people are watching him to combat that by trying to adopt some parrot Traits. Yeah, you know, what happens, I'll give you a funny example in the in the entertainment world. Okay. Beyonce is the dove. And she gets extremely nervous when she goes out on stage. Really? And she adopted this alter ego, which she called Sasha Fierce. Okay. And she would put on her outfit and it was like, okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. And she got into eagle mode and she would walk out there. And and yes, you're exactly right. It's it's sometimes you almost have to just put on the outfit, put on the clothes and then be like, all right, I'm ready. Let's right. do it. And, uh, and then it's almost like they're, they're stepping outside of themselves, letting go of those nerves and let's just make it happen. Cause I, I find myself doing that a lot. It's the only way to combat being nervous on a, on a tee, either adapt the, I don't care attitude or do the self-deprecating humor, talk a lot and hope, hope you're, you're, uh, being entertaining enough. So people will yeah. overlook that the what, fact that you're screwed the doves up. Do. Yeah, yeah. The doves absolutely do that. They kind of say they, they, can, they can be critical of themselves. And so they're, they, they don't want anybody to judge them. They don't like being judged. And so they'll, they sometimes have to just say, all right, I'm, it's okay. I'm going to get out there. They psych themselves up to mm-hmm. do it. Parrots don't need to psych themselves up. They're already psyched up. <laughs> so, or psycho. So, and even if they make a bad shot, they're like, did you see that? <laughs> did you see how it hit that tree? That was awesome. <laughs> I mean, they don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there a, a lot of style where people can be one, two, or three of the personalities? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You can have someone, my style, for example, I'm more of a parrot eagle. There's a lot of someone else could be in, uh, you know, an owl dove or an eagle, eagle owl. I mean, you could really be any combination. Let's move on to how you are doing at picking the president. Because if I recall our initial conversation, this is not like once or twice. How many presidents in a row have you chosen based solely on personality? So I I had a theory of who I thought would win and I worked it back in time. I figured it's going to work for a few elections. I mean, how long can it really keep working? And I started working it back through the 2000s, the 90s, the 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s, 40s, went all the way back to 1932, 22 elections in a row, now 23 elections in a row, where the model just holds strong, uh, which blew my mind. I was I was not thinking that it would last for that long, but it really does. Mm-hmm. You can look at personality, and personality plays out in everything we do at home, or playing golf, in the presidency. It's right there on display, and it impacts who wins. So when you're doing a presidency, predictions. Is it personality versus personality that determines who's going to win? Because yeah. we've had some yeah, single, exactly. one guy gets elected and then the next time he doesn't get reelected. Right. In fact, so so here's what happens. Big energy, and you can picture that outsized eagle energy, very confident and, and assertive. And parrot energy is also very big. I mean, you mm-hmm. can picture them out on the golf course talking to everybody. Right. You know, they just, they've got a big personality. And big personalities beat those more reserved personalities on a big stage. And obviously there's no bigger stage than a presidential election right. living under a spotlight 24 seven for a year. Right. And so, so what happens is you have these eagles and parrots. I'll give you an example. Someone like a JFK is more of that. And, and Ronald Reagan and Bill mm-hmm. Clinton is more of that parrot, that charisma, yep. that energy. And you have somebody like JFK going against someone like Richard Nixon, who's the owl. 
well, you see the charisma on TV right. against Nixon's owl. Well, we know what happened. Mm-hmm. But you take someone like Jimmy Carter. All right, he's a dove. He went against Ford, who is also a dove. So a dove is winning that election. But okay. then you put Carter against Reagan's charisma, and, and the, it's and just the game over. Out. It's it's that gotcha. parrot energy is going to win. And Bill Clinton the same way. You take somebody like George H. W. Bush. He goes against Dukakis. They're both owls. Okay, an mm-hmm. owl is winning that one. But then you put him against Bill Clinton, and Bill Clinton's just electric. And it, you know, on that big stage, showing up on Arsenio Hall playing a saxophone is just <laughs> yeah. you know, beating the you know a thousand points of light. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's cool because it's not then the personality that determines whether or not the person will win, but it's the personality versus the other personality. Yeah, so. and and you know what's interesting is that it's not that. Eagles and parrots would make better presidents. Mm-hmm. It's just that they tend to win. Right. Uh, and, if, and if you think in the business world, I'll give you some examples. You pick somebody like a Richard Branson. Okay. He's a parrot, self-made billionaire. Mm-hmm. Bill Gates. He's an owl, mm-hmm. self-made billionaire. Right. Steve Jobs, Eagle, Howard Schultz from Starbucks. He's the dove. Right. Four self-made billionaires, four completely different styles. Their style doesn't determine how successful they'll be, but it determines how they go about being successful. And you apply that to golf too. It, 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 your style does not determine how good you will be, how successful you'll be, right. but it does determine how you're going to play the game. Yeah. An owl is going to approach the game very differently than a parrot would. I noticed. And, and is we there, see it play out. Is there a hierarchy? Like if you pardon the expression, would like an eagle trump an owl in an election? Yeah, eagle. It, it's really just that eagles and parrots beat doves and owls. Okay. When when eagles and parrots go against each other, it, it's a toss up. When when owls and doves go against each other, it's a toss up. Gotcha. Um, but okay. it, but actually, in the past uh, twenty two elections or so, it's it's only happened a couple times where it's been more of that that it's you can't really predict it. One mm-hmm. of those is going to win because they're they're the same style. Right. Usually, there's a difference that big personality and a small personality, and the big personality won every time. Are there personality types that should not play golf together <laughs> I, I you know i think as long as people are accepting of other people and when you replace judgment with acceptance mm-hmm. it's fine in other words if you understand you're playing with an owl and they're going to be dissecting every shot mm-hmm. uh, they can even be self-critical oh, i knew that was going to happen mm-hmm. uh and you don't get it and that owl doesn't get annoyed when they maybe even make a bad shot and they're like look at that like <laughs> parrot is just so excited just <laughs> having a good time as long as you're not judging them for for how they play the game mm-hmm. anybody can can get along yeah uh, but if there's judgment then you may you may go out and have a very uh frustrating day you know it's because if you're the dove and you're with an eagle all day and the eagle's just slamming their, their club down in frustration and the dove's like let it go yeah. and the eagle snaps at them and the dove goes home and like what did I do? Uh, yeah. If there's judgment and not acceptance of each other, that's where the issue lies. Yeah, there there have been many eagles that have ruined rounds of golf for me. Just because yeah, there's no, if, no yeah, fun. If you have more dove, that eagle probably is frustrating. Yeah, because they get mad. I hate it when people get mad. It's a stupid game. Don't get mad. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the difference between maybe that more dove energy and the eagle, or that the the those diagonal styles. What I call yeah. the diagonal styles: the eagle and and dove. Kind of, if you put them in a four quadrant grid, are opposite each other, and the parrot and the owl are mm-hmm. opposite each other. I've, and those diagonal styles are very different from each other. I've also had run-ins <laughs> with owls who have, on occasion, said, "Do you know what you're doing wrong?" To which I reply, no, and you don't either. <laughs> <laughs> now, but has a dove ever offended you where the dove says, don't worry about it. Let it go. 
<laughs> that yeah. probably isn't very offensive, right? <laughs> oh, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> One of those things that you get in marriage all the time where your spouse says, just relax. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good way to get a smack on the back of the head. <laughs> oh, especially if you say that to an eagle. Yeah. <laughs> Eagles yeah. do not and, like that yeah. phrase. Yeah. Calm down. <laughs> and yeah. and speaking of that, you know, getting on, on that side of this subject, you know, let's take that into relationships and marriage. I know this isn't a relationship show. It's a golf show. But, um, you know, most of us have spouses or boys or boyfriends and girlfriends. H- how does that personality type difference affect relationships the same as we've been talking about with playing golf yeah you know it's interesting in relationships there's a a lot of data that says that we tend to marry our personality opposite so what does that mean eagles and doves tend to be married most often in fact i saw a study 86 percent of the time that's true parrots and owls happen to be married most often. I didn't say happily married, just happen <laughs> to be married. You got, we, we, we need, we'll need a lot more time if, we, if we're going to fix that one. <laughs> so so if I'm a parrot and my wife is an owl, does that mean that's why she doesn't laugh at my jokes? That, that definitely could be why. <laughs> or you might not be funny. I don't know. That hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, John, I've, I've known you a while now, and that's not the reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everybody's a comedian on the show. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hey, listen, I want, we want to get back with, uh, with you in a minute and talk about the 2020 election. I know we have to take a break, but we're here with Mary Rosenberg, and we will be back in just a moment. Stick with us. Hey, John, I'm so excited. My every plate box arrived. You know that I do the grocery shopping and cooking at my house, so I was really excited to see what every plate had to offer. I mean, I already knew every plate is the cheaper alternative to takeout or delivery, and that every plate offers contactless delivery right to your door. But I gotta tell you, I wasn't sure how good the meals would be, because this is America's best value kit with meals priced at two ninety nine per meal for three weeks. You heard me, two ninety nine per meal. That's less than a cup of coffee and way less than every other home meal kit. But the proof is in the food. Not to make your mouth water. Okay, maybe a little bit. Last night, I made these incredible pork chops with an amazing sauce, mashed potatoes, and zucchini. It was so delicious. And from box to our dinner plates, it took only 30 minutes with simple-to-follow instructions. So, tonight, it's going to be chicken sausage linguine. Be jealous. Be very jealous. Or better yet, get three weeks of Every Plate meals for yourself for only $2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code APPROACH3. That's $2.99 per meal at everyplate.com and enter APPROACH and the number 3. And we are back. It is the approach shot, and Merrick Rosenberg is our guest. Do do you have seen enough of either of us to pick what kind of personalities we are? <laughs> I, that's a great question. I'm going to guess, uh, John. You're probably more of the dove. Uh, style, mm-hmm. whereas Mike, I'm going to say maybe you've got some more parrot in there. What do you think? You are exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the beauty of the birds. Yeah. Little <laughs> little eagle in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I think John right. John has some parrot in him as well. I would say dove parrot, whereas I would be parrot eagle. What do you think? 
I would think that would probably make sense. I know one one of the theories I have always had, and, and you kind of alluded to it with the Beyonce story, but with people who are in radio for a living, you know, because everybody says, oh, you must be so outgoing. You're such, you know, gregarious kind of guy and all this kind of stuff. And no, actually, I was, as a kid, I was just the opposite. I basically got into radio. I could be that type of person without having to be embarrassed because of my friends going, what's, what's wrong with you? You know? Sure. You know, a lot of times we think like certain jobs draw certain personalities, mm-hmm. like take a comedian. I think yeah. the stereotype would be, well, I guess they're all parrots. Parrots are funny. Parrots are comedians. Actually, that's not true at all. You take somebody like Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, one of the most successful stand-up comics and comedians of all time. And he's an owl. Yeah. Uh, he analyzes things. I mean, he, he takes things apart. And, and, uh, when he was on the tour back in, you know, when he was first starting out and he would go from, uh, from club to club, he was called the joke doctor. Mm-hmm. People would go to him and say, okay, I got this joke. It just didn't land. I help me out. And he would say, you need to swap out this word or you need to, you know, add it. Your, your story's in the wrong order. You need to say this before you say that. He would dissect it and take it apart. And, and, and wow. he looks at the world and when he tells jokes, it's like, have you ever noticed mm-hmm. or you ever wonder why? <laughs> so, so a lot of times we think certain jobs draw certain personalities, but that's not always true. Yeah. That's interesting that you say that because I'm a big fan of his show, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. And he actually takes the 15 minutes, it's a 15 minute show, and he takes the 15 minutes and talks about comedy almost like it's science. And he talks to other comedians about how comedy works. And it makes it fascinating because it's still funny, but you think, oh, it's going to be a Seinfeld show. And for 15 minutes, we're going to laugh a lot. And a lot of it is really, as you suggested, dissecting comedy as a science and figuring why things work and why things don't. Yeah, I, I love that show. I love watching him do that. And he asks those questions like, what is funny? Mm-hmm. Like, like, where does that come from for you? It's like he's really burrowing in there to figure out how is your humor working for you? And it's, and it's fascinating. It's like, that's what you get when you get an owl. They want to understand things. And, they, and that plays out in golf. It plays out in life. They're yeah. taking it apart. You know, what, what you do is fascinating. But what's the practicality to it? Do you work mostly with corporations telling them how people can get along or how to set up sales teams or stuff like that? Or, or what is the practical application? Yeah, that's exactly it. Going to organizations, I've worked with more than half the Fortune 100 companies, and, and I teach people how to understand how to step into the power of your personality and use your mm. personality to drive your success, cool. but also how to get along better with others. I'll give you an example. One of the themes that I teach people is you have to make sure that you're not imposing your personality on the people around you. You know, there's a great George Carlin quote. He said, everyone driving slower than me is an idiot. Everyone driving faster than me is a maniac. And and, and, and I love that quote because it's like, yes, it's not just my way is a way. My way is the way. And and then we impose that on others. If I think this is how you're supposed to do this because it works for me, then I I impose that on you. And, 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 and that's powerful in our relationships, in our personal relationships. For, if you're a manager or a CEO, if you're, uh, you know, a spouse or you're talking to your kids, are you trying to turn them into you? Are you treating them the way you would want to be treated? Or are you honoring who they are and treating them the way they want to be treated? That makes perfect sense now. I had, I had a broadcast partner, short lived broadcast partner who was a young female <laughs> and we were on a station that, our typical listener was a 37-year-old woman. 
And she made the comment once about how we can't do this now because everybody's at the gym. I was like, what is the color of the sky in your world? Because nobody who's listening to us right now <laughs> is at a gym. You know? <laughs> but that's where she would have been at that time of the day. Right. And because I assume if this is what I would be doing, exactly. then I assume that's what everyone else is doing. Right. And, and that's those assumptions around needs. If I need this, I assume you need this. If I'm an owl, I'm probably going to give you a lot of detail. Well, picture in a sales setting, I'm an owl and I'm selling a parrot eagle and I walk into their office and I start explaining facts and data and statistics and charts and I pull out brochures and I provide information and the eagle's just like, you know, bottom line, what's this going to cost me? Uh, and, and, but yet you're not making that sale because you've imposed your personality on the eagle. You assume that because you'd want the detail, right? You, of course, you need it to make a decision. They need it to make a decision, but that's not necessarily true. And that plays out for all four styles. So then one really needs to, um, research someone's personality when that you're dealing with in order to know how to deal with them properly. Right? Well, it's the beauty of the four birds is that once you really know them, you can meet someone and very quickly read their style. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, it's it's that idea. Like, I'll, I'll give you some examples. We'll have some fun here. Ready? Okay. How about somebody like an Arnold Schwarzenegger? If I said, "All right, Arnold Schwarzenegger style," what do you think? Uh, eagle parrot. Absolutely. You you just can feel that eagle confidence. But someone like um, Princess Diana or Mister Rogers, very Duh. much dovey. Dove, instantly you know it. Yeah. How about someone – I mentioned Bill Gates earlier. How about someone like Bill Gates or, or Warren Buffett? Yeah, they're Owl. the owls. Yeah. You, you just get it. Uh, someone yeah. like uh, Richard Branson or or uh, Jimmy Fallon. I mean, what do you think? Parrot. Notice what you just did. They, You didn't have to go through some deep analysis. They didn't have to take an assessment. Within seconds, right. once you start thinking about the four birds and you think about the person, you see them in action, you shake their hand, how do they approach you, you can – Get the styles very, very quickly. The more you practice, this is a skill set. Yeah. The more you practice, the better you get at it. And when you can read somebody's style quickly, look at that in the business world. You can influence them because you know how to speak to them. And I, I would uh, hypothesize that the easiest way, the best way, the fastest way, maybe even the most effective way of learning what of the four types the person you're de- dealing with is, is to take them out and play golf with them. Oh, that <laughs> reveals who they are. I guarantee you, you yeah. play around to golf with somebody and you know who they are. I, I, I had a, a friend of mine and he he works uh, boards all around the country where they hire CEOs, helping to hire CEOs for company mm-hmm. companies. And he says, he said to me, he said, before I ever hire a CEO, I want to go on a hike with them for a few hours because by the time I'm done, I will know who they are. Mm-hmm. People are very different. Take them out of that meeting room, out yeah. of the boardroom, exactly. and and you just get them out. You get them onto a course, and all of a sudden, a few hours later, you know exactly who you're hiring. Yep. You're 100% right. You will know who they are very quickly. In fact, there have been companies who have insisted on doing that as part of the onboarding process, is take people out to play golf, even if they admitted to the, to the person interviewing them that they had never before played golf. Yeah, you'll know, you will know very quickly their style. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's see how they deal with adversity. <laughs> That's right. So, John, are you saying that that round that I played when I was younger in Florida and I got upset and threw my club into a lake, that wouldn't have been exactly your style? That may have put you uh, on the uh, do not hire list. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Thank goodness. Thank goodness we got that. 
it is interesting as as we're talking about this, I'm I'm looking at the options and I'm I'm thinking about my wife who um, I love dearly, but she is an eagle owl and I am an eagle parrot. And so when she starts to get into breaking things down and wanting to take them, take the things apart, and I just want to talk it through and be done, which mm-hmm. I guess is more the eagle side. And she is eagle owl. She's not just owl. She's eagle owl. It does put me in the mindset that, hey, you know, maybe if I start to try to think like her and understand that while she's not talking it through, she might be thinking about how it breaks down and how it all works. Maybe I could be a little more patient, not throw my club and, you know, maybe <laughs> work things out a little bit easier and quicker. Yeah, that's exactly it. When you, yeah. when you understand yourself, then you don't impose your style on others. Right. And when you understand others, you accept them for who they are. And so you, you might look at that and say, okay, I know she needs more detail than I do. She's got to take this apart. I just want to look to the bright side and assume it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. It always exactly. works. Exactly. What's the worst thing that can happen? And the owl's like, I will tell you what could happen. <laughs> they go from like zero to worst case scenario in 2.3 seconds. And the parrot's like, that'll never happen. <laughs> I'll paint the picture. So you me. were, he was at our Thanksgiving last year and it's a little <laughs> awkward. <laughs> okay. Merrick Rosenberg, um, we, we are running out of uh, time here together. So let's, let's fast forward to the conversation you had about who's going to win the presidency back before any of this brouhaha actually happened. Absolutely. So, so it's an interesting one. Uh, and this is what I've been, uh, been talking about for a while now is that you have obviously Donald Trump. Of course, he's the dove, right? Is that, uh... <laughs> <laughs> have you not been listening? <laughs> he's definitely not the dove. So we know Donald Trump is an eagle. And, and that's honestly, it's, it's been the, what's driven his success throughout his career. Right. It's that he's direct, he's assertive, he's hard driving, he makes things happen. And he's going against somebody, you know, you got Biden who throughout his career has always been very parrot. And parrots have that big smile. They're very gregarious. Um, throughout this election, he, he displayed a lot of dove. They displayed his secondary style, a lot of empathy and mm-hmm. compassion. But you now have an eagle versus a parrot. So this is potentially a toss-up. But the reason why last election, I said I, I believed, purely put aside politics, mm-hmm. Trump is going to win. Eagle, Donald Trump. Owl, Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Eagle beats owl. That was a no-brainer just from a style perspective. This time around, it's potentially a toss-up. But what I, the reason I called it for Biden, Eagle Parrot could be a toss-up, but I called it for Biden because what happens is when you overuse your strengths, your strength becomes your weakness. When you're assertive and you drive it up too much, you get aggressive. Right. When you're confident and you drive it up, you can become arrogant. When you're direct and you drive that up, it can become abrasive or insensitive. Mm. And when you push your personality into the red zone, what happens is it offends other people. What I was sharing with people before the election was uh, put politics aside. This isn't really a referendum on Joe Biden's personality. It's a referendum on has Donald Trump dialed his up too much Uh, and put aside whether you like him or don't like him in the politics from a personality perspective. I think that's why uh, he lost. I think if, if Ron, if, if you would have taken Donald Trump and when he would have done everything he did from a policy standpoint, standpoint, an executive order standpoint, everything he did, but he did it with Ronald Reagan's personality and his smile mm-hmm. and his charisma. I would have said incumbents, sure. an incumbent eagle, by the way, prior to Donald Trump has never since 1789 ever lost a reelection bid. Wow. Is that right? Wow. Incumbent e- eagles never lose. 
But the reason I picked Biden this time was because I believed that Trump was overusing his personality and it worked against him. Over- his greatest asset essentially became his greatest liability. He over-eagled. Yeah, that's Mer- exactly it. Merrick Rosenberg, man, very fascinating stuff. Uh, we, we could go on and on and on, but we're about to run out of time and get kicked off the air. So uh, shameless self-promotion portion of the program <laughs> here. How do folks find you and, and get more information on what you do? Yeah, you can go to takeflightlearning.com, and that's the uh, our world of how we go into companies and teach people how to work together. And, of course, uh, the Chameleon and Personality Wins are on Amazon. They're also on Audible and iTunes, so you can pick them up online. Merrick Rosenberg, thank you for spending time with us here on The Approach Shot. So hang out with us for a minute because Rajiv Setial, a comedian, is coming up with Golf is a Funny Game when we come right back. So I have a friend with a house on a golf course, and he lives in mortal fear every day of somebody breaking a window. And I said, man, that's that's the least of your worries. He said, well, what are you talking about? I said, well, you know about home title theft? He said, what's that? And I said, man, the FBI says it's it's like growing by leaps and bounds. Cybercrime itself is up by 75%, and home title theft is one of those. Cyber criminals find the title to your home online. They forge your signature on a quick claim deed. Then they refile as the new owner of your home, and you're off the title. Then they take out loans against your home, and they steal the cash. They stick you with the payments. They destroy your credit, and you probably don't even know about it until you start getting late payments or a foreclosure notice. That's what you should be afraid of. But you can fix it. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you've already been a victim. Then use code RADIO and get 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. Hey, John, I'm so excited. My every plate box arrived. You know that I do the grocery shopping and cooking at my house, so I was really excited to see what every plate had to offer. I mean, I already knew every plate is the cheaper alternative to takeout or delivery and that every plate offers contactless delivery right to your door. But I got to tell you, I wasn't sure how good the meals would be because this is America's best value kit with meals priced at $2.99 per meal for three weeks. You heard me, $2.99 per meal. That's less than a cup of coffee and way less than every other home meal kit. But the proof is in the food. Not to make your mouth water, Okay, maybe a little bit. Last night, I made these incredible pork chops with an amazing sauce, mashed potatoes, and zucchini. It was so delicious. And from box to our dinner plates, it took only 30 minutes with simple-to-follow instructions. So, tonight, it's going to be chicken sausage linguine. Be jealous. Be very jealous. Or better yet, get three weeks of every plate meals for yourself. For only $2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code APPROACH3. That's $2.99 per meal at everyplate.com and enter APPROACH and the number 3. And now, it's time for... Golf is a funny game. (laughs) Back to your hosts... John Ashton and Neil Michaels. So today on Golf is a Funny Game, we have Rajiv Setyal, who is one of the funniest people you will ever come across. Um, He's known to everyone as the funny Indian, and he is the first person to do stand-up comedy on all seven continents. 
<laughs> and look at that look on your face, John. You're like, wait, there are seven continents? <laughs> I, I, I say, thought there were four. <laughs> how, how can you be funny in, Antarct- in Antarctica? That's what I want to know. And who are you funny to? The penguins? They laugh or what? <laughs> we will find that out here in a second. Uh, Rajiv also hosts a podcast that used to be called The Funny Indian Show because, you know, as the funny Indian, the funny Indian show would make some sense. It's now, however, called the Tangent Show. And for those of you who like double entendres like I do, it is T-A-N, capital G-E-N-T. So it could be Tangent or the Tangent, depending on how you go. And how we've managed to reel Rajiv into coming on the show today is he actually played some golf in high school. So there, my friend, is our incredibly thin thread to how we get a guy of this kind of talent on our crummy podcast. (laughs) Wow. I love it. I love the intro. I love the intro. And I don't know if I'm the cruddy one and that's thin or I'm thin and it's cruddy. I don't know. I'll take it all. I'm just glad to join you. (laughs) Well, we're really glad to have you today. And, And seriously, you played golf in high school. Well, you know, it's funny. It's like the old Seinfeld. Well, I guess they're all old Seinfelds now. But <laughs> when Elaine goes, you know, I haven't worked out since the New York Marathon. And someone goes, oh, you, you ran in the marathon? She goes, no, no, no. But I went to the gym that day. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's a similar thing. I played while I was in high school, not on the high school team. But several friends of mine and I, and we're still in touch to this day, over two decades later, we uh, and we do reunions and people are like, why don't you guys get together and play golf? That's what a lot of men do when they get together. We're like, because we're not that good at it. OK, <laughs> let's just say we're not that good at it. But we took lessons. We played a lot of par threes, the occasional par four. And I don't know how many golf balls I lost. I think in Catcher in the Rye, he said he went golfing and she, his friend, lost eight. I think I probably lost eight or nine balls every time I went out. So I'm not a great golfer. Mm-hmm. There you go. Eight or nine balls on the way out is actually kind of my average, too. So we're good. <laughs> You're like, is that nine holes or 18? Because it makes a difference. <laughs> That's how we keep score. It's how many right. balls we win or lose. Because I always go into the woods to look for mine and come out with like two or three others. So it's always a That's good true. day when that happens. So what's got you keep, what's keeping you busy these days, Rajev? Well, you know, it's, it's COVID, right? It's, it's the, it's the era of COVID. And, uh, I usually open by saying, you know, I've been doing a lot of these Zoom shows and, you know, it's great to be, I'm in Burbank, California. You're coming to us from not Burbank. So this is almost like a, a coexisting video or a COVID, although maybe we shouldn't, you know, maybe we shouldn't abbreviate it like that. <laughs> We've also been doing a lot of these. A lot of stand-up comics are doing Zoom shows. And a lot of times there's a delay. There could be up to a five-second delay. And people go, well, is that going to be all right for you? I go, look, I, I played all over the American South, so I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from Ohio, not Kentucky. What do you want to say? What do you want to say? You know, some of my best friends and best crowds were from Kentucky. I, I had a lot, a lot of fun down there. People wouldn't have expected that. I think that I would play Paducah, Kentucky when I was starting out in O. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh my gosh is probably accurate, but oh two, oh three. And, uh, I played all over Ohio, had a great time. And, and that's usually I, another way that I open as I go, you know, as you probably guessed, I'm originally from Ohio because I don't think anybody <laughs> ever guesses that. Have we, have we told him that I'm in Louisville right now? No, you just did. <laughs> now, now we have. I'm glad, I'm glad that I had some good things to say about your Commonwealth. Yeah. Well, Actually, I'm not a native, I... so you wouldn't offend me. <laughs> I grew up in New England, then I moved to New York, New York when I was a teenager. So so I cannot claim anything is new. I, I am not naive. Anything that can happen to me has already. Well, naive rhymes with Rajiv. 
And and I believe Rajiv. Believe rhymes with Rajiv too. We could believe do this. rhymes with Rajiv too. That's true. I'll take believe over naive. That's a good idea. It should be believe Rajiv. We could do this all day. Oh, there you go. Ah. Your whole your new album right there. My new album. I tell you that is that's a great that's a great name for an album. I spent a lot of time coming up with names of albums and names of bands I'd be in. We we're walking watching the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction mm-hmm. and just like thinking about all these. They, they said the Doobie Brothers. Uh, they said it was a classic example of it sounded like a good idea at the time. <laughs> Which I love. I, I, it's off, you know, I don't play a ton of golf even now. I have played every now and then, but I tell you, I, I love mini golf. And that, that's probably like saying to a singer, you like karaoke or to a stand up <laughs> comic, you like knock knock jokes. So I'll, I'll be very aware of that. I also play a lot of ping pong. So anything small, I'm a small guy, right? I'm a small guy, but I often use golf as an analogy for when people say, Hey, I was just kidding. Right. A lot of the time you see this now, people going, Hey, I was just joking, whether it's the president or it's someone else in politics or in entertainment or in mm-hmm. sports, whatever it might be going, Hey, that was just a joke. And the analogy I always give is from golf. It's, it's the idea of the intent, right? And not just the intent of the joke, but when you're on the golf course and you're taking your practice swings and you get up there and you really try to hit the ball. Well, if you miss it, that's an intent, right? You lose a stroke that, that counts against you. Most of the time, all the way back to high school, we'd say, no, 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 I was just practicing. I was practicing, right? And you're like, and all of your friends know when you were practicing and when you were really trying to hit the heck out of the ball. And so that's what I always say to people. I go, I know when you were kidding and I know when you were being serious. It's getting to be Christmas time, right? He knows when you're uh, sleeping, knows when you're (laughs) awake. So I, I always find that to be a very apropos analogy for comedy. Like, were you kidding or were you not? Were you going for a joke or were you not? And I think, you know, Crowds, I always say, are, are stupid but perceptive. <laughs> they may not be that bright, but they know what they like. And they, they, they're very good at being able to tell the truth from, from a falsehood. So you got to give it up to the crowds for that. So I appreciate that, that analogy from golf. Have you ever also run into the opposite of that analogy when you weren't going for something, but suddenly you just magically hit it without even intending to? That's a great question, John. And yes, those are the moments of comedy gold where you feel like you wandered into comedy heaven. You can do no wrong. Even your unintentionals. It sounds like, Mike, you like uh, puns. And so do I. I. I'm from the area of India called Punjab. So I'm a Punjabi. <laughs> and so that's got pun in it as well. And we always say that my friend Sami likes to call that a pun intentional. You know, it's like if you do something, it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even mean it that way. But it's almost like when you're sitting around you know, at, at a dinner table. Remember that, guys, when you used to be able to sit around at a dinner table with a bunch of people? That hasn't happened in a long time. And you're sitting there, you start to tell a story to the entire table, and no one's really paying attention, and you kind of end up just telling it to your wife, and she's like, yeah, I know, I've heard this. But that's a lot better than the other way around, when you start telling your wife or the people around you a story, and then suddenly the whole room gets quiet and they start listening to you, and I go, no, no, this story is not good for 16 people. It's just for the- I've got better stuff. I've got better material. Don't judge me based on this. Yeah, yeah I do remember the days where we used to sit around tables and tell stories and things, and as a matter of fact, I think one of the funniest thing I've heard you do in, in some of your shtick was talking about the fact that as an Indian, you are used to hot food, hot temperatures, hot women, and hot me- Oh. 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 <laughs> and, I to- and I told my wife that, and she goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just- <laughs> 
totally got her. <laughs> that's good. That that that's that's good for you, Mike. That's good for you. What, right. I don't know what that does for us, but that's great for you in your life. <laughs> well, but that's like your story. It's it's absolutely perfect because if she laughs, I get credit for it. If it's a bomb, it's your joke. <laughs> hey, I, I heard this from our guest. You know, he's going to be on the approach shot, and I'm, I, you know, I invited him to come on from LinkedIn. Is, is that a golf thing? Like link, hitting the links, right? You should have your own. It should really be a golf thing, LinkedIn. We'll take it up with them. See what they think about it. Hey, John. Yo. Rajiv has forgotten to tell us this one Kentucky story, Uh-oh. which I think is rather close to his heart. Didn't you do something rather um, romantic in Kentucky? Which <laughs> that those two things never are in the same sentence, but you know. That depends on how much bourbon's involved. That's very true. Yeah. I do consume quite a bit of bourbon. A friend of mine who's running the Eureka Ranch out there in Ohio, he's he's making his own bourbon now. And mm. you know, although it's not technically bourbon, right? It's not in Kentucky. That's it's right. over the Mason Dixon line. But right. there we have it. I did actually uh, propose. You could find this on YouTube. I proposed to my girlfriend on stage. And I still refer to that as the best day of my life because I, I got the idea that morning. Sounds like a really well thought out plan, right? And I remember bringing my then girlfriend to meet my parents and she'd met them once before. I know my, my wife, who would become my wife, Hersha, she dropped a very subtle hint. You know, fellas, women are very good at dropping subtle hints. Mike sounds like you were doing a good job with the hot food, hot temperatures and hot women and hot men. But my wife said something along the lines of, you know, my parents would really love it if you proposed on this trip. <laughs> very, very subtle. <laughs> you had to really read between the lines on that one. That was just, wow, how do I, even a man can't screw that up. I mean, <laughs> obvious. I got the idea that morning. I woke up my mom around four or five. I never, I think I was probably still awake given the time difference from California to Ohio, three time zones. And my mom, of course, thought it was a great idea. I could have said I was going to propose in the bathroom. My mom would have thought it was a great idea. It had already t- taken so many decades to get married. And I was opening for Kevin Nealon, a good friend of mine who's become a friend through comedy. I texted him and I said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this tonight. I'm thinking about proposing on stage. And then he said, I think it's a great idea. But is she going to say yes? And I said, well, even if she says no, it's great comedy, right? And, you know, then he sends me an email, very thoughtful of him. And he goes, it would be funny, but I really, friend to friend, you know, are you sure? And he asked a series of questions, you know, like, do you like her parents? Does she like yours? I mean, you're going to marry the family and all that good stuff. And then I go, you know, Kevin, you know, in stand-up comedy, you've got the host is going to come out and do, you know, give or take 10 minutes. I was featuring for him. So I was going to do about 25. And then he was going to do about 45 to an hour. And I go, what do you think? You think I should propose at the end of my set or should I come on after you? Because are you going to be able to follow me? And he goes, yeah, I'll, I'll follow you. <laughs> <laughs> I love the confidence. I just love, I love the presumed cockiness on my part that he was this, this Saturday Night Live veteran. This, this man has been famous doing comedy for, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 years now. He's like, yeah, I, I got it. Do what you got to do. And as soon as I finish, and Mikey, I think you saw the video, not to ruin it for everybody or to ruin it for everybody. It's like when people say not to interrupt you. You already interrupted me. So to interrupt you, <laughs> to ruin the end of the video, uh, I get up there, you know, she says yes and all of that. And we play the Chad Brock song. She said yes. We leave the stage. And Kevin Nealon gets up there and he goes, you know, give it up for Rajiv and Hersha. You know, uh, he does this every week with a different girl. It's really making me <laughs> say. Uh, 
and, and that's why you no longer worry about you know <laughs> and, that's, and that's what you get for asking Kevin Nealon if he could follow that <laughs> right. as he proved yeah. yes that's indeed exactly I right. certainly can <laughs> yeah he did he, he completed the joke very well where were you in Kentucky when that happened well just over the border my friend we were okay. in Newport Newport okay Newport on the levee which I think they built to set it away from the rest of the state right mm-hmm. they just they built it up another 20 feet <laughs> just so you can and see, we see, spent see. a lot of time in Covington a lot of time yeah. in, in Newport but I've been to Louisville Lexington Paducah driven mm-hmm. through Mammoth Caves the whole thing man there's, uh, there's uh, one thing I noticed near and dear to my heart when I was at Newport you know the Newport Aquarium yeah you know there's a Mitchell's Fish Market restaurant right next door I noticed that as well. I was taken aback, of course, as a comic, and, and you noticed it too. Uh, in the beginning, they didn't have any sharks at that aquarium. I still remember it. They just had a bunch of small fish. and It was like having just a bunch of appetizers, right? There was no entree. You you want, you want go to the big fish, you get bigger, bigger, bigger. You finally get the big lemon shark or the great white or something, and nothing yeah. like that. So I left very unsatisfied, which is, I guess, then why you go to Mitchell's. <laughs> you can at least drink heavily when you're there. Rajiv, fantastic, man. Appreciate you spending some time with us here. It's a lot of fun. Rajiv, anything coming up you want to tell the world about? I can be found at Funny Indian on Instagram, Twitter, all of that good stuff. LinkedIn, I guess, if we're doing the golf thing. And I have a series called The Man in the Middle. It is super difficult these days, as you can imagine, trying to bridge the gap between left and right. But I'm from Ohio. I still have a lot of friends who are conservative. I'm in L.A. I have a lot of friends who are liberal. Mm-hmm. And I'm figuring, you know what? We can't continue this way. We can't keep beating each other into submission. We're not getting rid of each other. We've got to f- figure out a way to live together. So The Man in the Middle is my online talk show that I will be launching soon. Let's also look for him at FunnyIndian.com. And don't forget to download his podcast, which is The Tangent Show. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Rajiv. We do appreciate you spending some time with us here on the Approach Show. And thank you for spending time with us on the Approach Show. We'd like to thank our guests, Rajiv Setyal, who you can hear on his podcast, The Tangent, and personality expert Merrick Rosenberg. Merrick's books, both printed and audio versions, are available at Amazon.com. Please visit our website, ApproachShot.net, and leave us a comment, a review, and subscribe. Next week, our guests will be T.J. Eckert, sports director for KTUL, ABC Television in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a former college quarterback and golf team member. And then we talk to Evan Burke, a wonderfully funny comedian with a real-life story that's funnier than any joke he could have written. So until next week, for my co-host, Neil Michaels, I'm John Ashton. For the Approach Shot, remember, golf is like life. Perfection is unattainable. You just do the best you can and finish all the holes. Fix your divots and ball marks and try to leave it a little better for the next guy. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You only want what's best for your baby. And so does BJ's. BJ's offers a variety of baby products that will take you from playtime to bath time to bedtime and beyond. Shop now through September 24th at BJ's for $3 off Johnson's, Aveeno, or Desitin baby products. Only the best will do when it comes to caring for your little ones and for parents, too. Give your baby that special care. 
and save big at BJ's.